Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, as mentioned in the earlier episode, we have actually decided to split thinking it through part 3 into two separate parts so that we can actually make it slightly more bite-sized for you, our listeners, to understand the concepts that we're going to share better. So in the previous part, we've actually talked about the nature of man, the dual nature of man of being a servant and a vicegerent in the world as laid out to us by the Islamic uh, worldview framework. So if you guys are wondering why we're actually discussing this question even though we want to make it as universal as possible to everyone, through the Islamic worldview is because we have actually explained in our Instagram live, we've derived from a logical process that the Islamic worldview is actually the most ideal framework we can use to make sense of all the world around us. It is the framework that is used universally to answer all the questions we have about creation, about our own lives, about our relationship with God. So if to understand the Islamic worldview, head on to our Instagram live, head on to also our first episode to understand the concepts of God that we actually used to prove the existence of God. In episode 2, we talked about understanding God and right now we are, un- we are talking about understanding us, the nature of man, to see how God's will and our will interact to make a uh, sense of our, the reality around us. So sit back, relax and enjoy part 2 of Thinking It Through 3. So now I, I'm, I'm sure... A lot of us have a lot of questions in, in our mind right now and, and truly because this is a very, very hard uh, aspect of theology and even our own nature to comprehend. So what we suggest for you guys to do is that the logic of these thought processes that we are presenting all the way from the first episode to the eighth episode, they are not independent of each other. So episode one isn't independent from episode three, but rather they are sequen- sequential. We want to build up an understanding established by the previous episodes. Because So if you are wondering why we are talking about Islamic worldview, why we are, we are saying so much about God, why we are talking about uh, certain attributes that, ha- that seems to have already been established, it's because we have established them in the previous episode. Do refer to these episodes to understand these assumptions before we move forward. So I think we'll start for clearing up this misconception for us. And we do welcome any questions we have on our Instagram page for anyone who has any uh, further questions that we'd like to uh, forward to Ustas. So now we would like to attempt to answer another set of questions by understanding the nature of us human beings a little bit more. So the questions that we want to address are, why are there good and evil in this world? And if, all, if God is all goodness, then where does evil come from? So how, we want, uh, how Ustas plans to answer this is to actually explain further how we understand the dichotomy of both good and bad character in human forms from this perspective. Now, uh, touching back on the freedom of choice that we have been giving, that we have been given by God, meaning that right, the, that freedom of choice is guaranteed for us. Okay? Now, the freedom of choice in its Arabic term is called ikhtiyar. Now, ikhtiyar in its Arabic term, in its uh, root word, comes from the word khair, which is goodness. So, embedded within the freedom of choice word, okay, meaning that we are innately built to be able to choose goodness above bad. So in other way, if we, made, if we were to use our freedom of choice to choose to disobey or to choose evil or to choose bad, it is in a way that you are removing 
that freedom of choice from yourself. That is how language plays its role okay, also within the Islamic worldview. So the term freedom of choice is embedded within it, within it goodness for us. Right? So now in order for us to understand this dichotomy of good and bad characters in the human, okay, uh, with this uh, freedom of choice given to us, all right, we have to go back to the imminence perspective of the human being. Means the similarity perspective of the human being being created in the form of God. What does it mean? It means that human being has the potentiality to express and manifest all the names and attributes of God. Both the names of beauty and the names of majesty are within the capacity of the human being to manifest in the world through their thoughts and action. Now, it is this human all-comprehensiveness which allows for every sort of human possibility, every imaginable attribute, every conceivable act, whether good or bad, high or low, just or unjust, compassionate or cruel. If in contrast, the human being has only been created upon gentleness, the world would be free of anger and cruelty. If we have been created upon the form of the vengeful, which is one of the names of God, then no one would ever forgive his enemy. If we were being created upon the form of Almighty and the glorious, then we would never obey God and we would never obey anyone else. But since we have been created upon all the names, the form of all the names, any conceivable attribute can appear from us. Each individual of us reflects every divine names to some degree. But during the course of our human life, the divine names manifest themselves in all sorts of combination and interrelationship because of the freedom of choice that we have. As how God is not questioned, we are also not questioned by any creations in this terrestrial world that we live in. No creation will ever question us, why are we doing this to them? Now, the different sorts of combinations of names that we manifest may or may not produce a harmonious and balanced individual. In the last analysis, it is the mode of which the names appears in us which determines our final destiny in this world and the hereafter. Now, from our point of view, this mode is completely unpredictable because of the freedom of choice that we are having. Our situation is in struck contrast to all other creation where other creations are created within a known and fixed space, but not for us. We are not. Due to the freedom of choice that we have, we can rise up as high a level in our spiritual, intellectual, and even physical position in our life or fall to the lowest position, lower than the lowest form of creature based upon the choices that we make that can be controlled by our desires or our intellect or our spiritual maturity depending on how these are combined. Now, there is another creation of God that is also as capable of us. That is the whole of the cosmos of the universe taken in its totality. Now, we will describe this phenomenon of the universe in a subsequent podcast. 
and the universe relation, uh, which is the world, the environment around us with us human beings. Now, let us stick to the understanding of ourselves. As we have the potential to manifest all the names of God in a balanced way or in an imbalanced way, human being requires guidance as revealed to the prophets and messengers to keep our freedom in check. In other words, our freedom lies in, our, in us to willingly submit our will to the divine will in order to protect us from our own egocentricity, ignorance, whims, and desires. Now, let me explain this further by using one of God's name, the omniscient, Al-Alim, or the all-knower. In present society, the result of seeking knowledge without rooting in Islamic worldview has been a tremendous accumulation of information. The human potential for unlimited knowledge has so we have this attribute in us, Al-Alim. So therefore, our potential to get unlimited knowledge is embedded in us, is being actualized, but in a bewildering variety of peripheral modes. We are confused with the explosion of information and we do not know how to organize them. The fact that the fundamental reality of knowledge is awareness of the way things are is lost to sight. Instead, we tend to think of knowledge as facts that can be called upon on computer screen or social media platforms in bite size. We have become more and more ignorant of the unity and undifferentiation of the complete human form and even more engrossed in the indefinite differentiation and dispersion of the reality of this world around us. What we mean here is that we have lost our own sense of direction for us who is the one that is able to unify, to integrate and to synthesize things, but we become more and more engrossed with the world outside us that we see this so much diversity that it leads us or it, uh, what you call it, uh, it distracts us for our main objective. More specialization results in major increase in information in that particular field, but it also brings an increasing distance from all the human qualities that are rooted in oneness, harmony, wholeness, equilibrium, and integration. This integration of the human race leads to the decay and collapse of what is external to the human, which is the environment. And we are seeing that our environment is decaying, our environment is being destroyed by our own hands. Neglecting the roots of all things in the sacred, we abdicate our responsibility as acting, of acting as the vicegerent and trustee of God on earth. We can take a similar analysis of many other divine attributes and see how we have failed to, in the name of freedom of choice, free ourselves from the whims, ignorance, and ego residing in us. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Ustaz. Um, I think this is a very interesting take on, on the question of where, where is good and evil in this world? And if, if God is all goodness, then where does evil come from? Um, I think the way that I, I understand this myself is that um, truly, it, we feel intuitive to bring out uh, the the the... the 
variety of emotions that we feel on a daily basis, the, the different um characteristics that we de- have we have within ourselves is 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 truly our choice to exhibit anger or frustration or patience in certain situations. So when 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 it's difficult for someone to understand if God is all goodness, then like why is there evil in this world? We understand that God has attributes, as Ustaz has mentioned uh, earlier on, not even we need this podcast also, but in the previous podcast that there's duality in this. It helps when we see it from that 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 complete perspective that God has the um attribute of being uh you know a merciful, but he's also uh, he has attributes of power. So when we human beings exhibit, manifest these attributes in different uh, unbalanced proportions, then we tend to destroy the environment that we live in. We tend to uh, exhibit then, you know, uh, traits that we would label as evilness. And truly, for myself, how I look at this situation is that how we want to bring this, um, the way that we manifest these, these different attributes in a balanced way is through knowledge about faith, about religion that guides us in through a, re- a reviewed worldview to actually navigate the kind of uh, different ways that we can manifest these attributes in a way that will, will benefit not just ourselves but the people and the environment around us. So uh, thank you Ustaz for allowing me to understand it myself. And uh, we move on to our next question which is also a very interesting question. Uh, how, how then do we you know, justify or do we contextualize this understanding of humans you know, with the presence of, let's say, physical deformities in human beings or just simply unfairness in the way that, uh, perceived unfairness, I would say, in the way that uh, we were give, given certain things in life. Bismillah. Oh, the questions are getting harder and harder. <laughs> An answer that we usually get is that, right, usually we will just say that, well, it is will by God. That's it. Okay. But how do we understand and square our own understanding to help us right, to navigate this difficulty uh, in putting our perspective correct. Here, what I will add is that it is willed by God with wisdom, compassionate, compassion, and infinite good. Now, how is this so? How do we say that? Why? Well, how, how can you say that it is in goodness when there are people who are born handicapped? Okay, That's definitely not good for them. Now, so here, then we have to look at what, how do we understand the whole concept of human perfection in creation? So human perfection in creation within the Islamic worldview is not about just the physical human perfection or the perfection that is shown through physical beauty or physical power or any other attribute showcased in Hollywood movies or what it means by human perfection. For example, Human becomes more perfect through mutation, where biological mutation gives rise to different types of superhuman powers within the human forms. And these powers give rise to different levels of perfection of the mutants and human. Or human is being viewed as the imperfect homo sapiens and the mutants as its perfect cousins. Now, these are Hollywood movies that we are being bombarded with. Right, to show what does a perfect human being looks like. But that is only perfection from just the physical dimension of the human being. Right? Now, perfection all right, of the human being within the worldview of Islam is defined as the human being's knowledge of his own self and this knowledge of the self enables one to have knowledge of his law. Each creation has its own cosmic function in manifesting or as a cause for others to manifest certain names implanted in the human nature. 
human perfection is the actualization of the divine names to the extent possible and in the appropriate manner. Given individual limitation having to do with bodily constraint, time, place, environment, and so on. Appropriateness here means harmony and equilibrium among all the attributes in a manner that corresponds with the situation. We are tasked to embody the divine names in a manner that does not allow any of them to play too great or too small a role. Being excessive is being imperfect because appropriateness to the situation is lost. The appropriateness to the condition is lost. Actualizing the divine name in oneself results in nearness to God whereas failing to keep a proper equilibrium among the names lead to imbalance or a distorted manifestation and result in distance from God. So we play a conscious role in bringing the characters of the names into manifestation. Hence, to some degree, we are also responsible for the manner in which the divine names unfold. However, we are also capable of making this name manifest in modes that we do not correspond to the actual intent of the name. Therefore, physical imperfection is how we use the term imperfection by comparing it within our creation is not imperfection in imminence to God as the cosmic role as a trustee in the world. Allows them, it could allow them to be the reason that the world exhibit compassion, generosity, love, and other names of beauty. So therefore, this physical handicapness, if you want to look from the Islamic perspective, right, it is a physical deform, but the cosmic function of people who are having this is they are probably the cause for all of us to be exhibiting the names of beauty, the names of compassion, generosity. Without them, Right, we would probably not know how does generosity, love, and other of the names of beauty is being carried out. So therefore, they are perfect because the perfection is being able to carry out the function of getting other creation to be exhibiting the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this sense, right, we looked at it as a charismatic gift bestowed upon a particular human being because it was not obtained through any human self-exertion or a self-intention on the part of the servant of God. Thank you, Ustaz, for sharing this perspective. And I think it's something that is very intuitive to ourselves once we actually realize. But if it's not shared with us, then we actually take a lot of time to uh, you know, realize the wisdom behind this particular aspect of our lives. I think something that relates a lot to myself is that um, we always talk about people and how we describe people as uh, you know, be- beauty fits, but character doesn't over time. You know? um, and, and, and truly it is because you know, even beauty itself is subjective in different cultures. You know, character itself is more intuitive across the, all of mankind. You know, we don't really see much deviation you know across universal values that we share across culture across geographical distributions and all so it's truly an it's truly something that that comes from the wisdom of god you know that we 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 can't see from our human perspective you know from a perspective that we are associating ourselves uh being similar and taking on that role in understanding god 
But when we actually see it from the incomparable perspective of how God's wisdom is truly perfect and we have, we, we have certainty in that, then we start to understand that, yeah, truly, you know, even though we see them as having certain disabilities, then, but perhaps their presence in, in our lives allow us to you know, remember God more, gives us balance in, in perhaps exhibiting, exhibiting uh, certain attributes of God. So it's, it's very interesting, but um, I actually was wondering if I could add on a follow-up question. We, we've mentioned about physical disabilities as not inhibiting a human's uh, function uh, to serve the purpose that we're supposed to serve, right? Um, what about mental disabilities? Is there another dimension to that that we can possibly include in this podcast? I'm not too sure about that. We have to look at it from that perspective of cosmic function of the person. So if you look at it from the cosmic function of the person, Okay, uh, the presence of the person, okay, with mental disability, uh, make society to become more compassionate, make society to become more generous, make society to become more uh, seeking out for others instead of being very selfish. So in a way, right, their presence unites the society. Their presence can even unite the family. So it has a certain function, okay, that through God's wisdom that uh, he has placed it there to, of course, absolutely understand the wisdom It is impossible for our mind. Uh, to understand fully his divine will is also impossible for our mind. So what we attempt to do is we attempt to understand this, okay, through a certain framework and that framework that we have looked at is the framework of the role of the human being being a servant, being a vicegerent. The human being reflects the names of God. Although we have the potentiality to reflect all, but certain times we reflect more than the others. So each of us has a trustee of God. Okay, We serve different leadership role on this earth. So that leadership role that we are functioning, we are created perfectly for that particular leadership role in the society. So here, leadership is not just about leading people, but leadership here is a very big encompassing uh, concept within the Islamic worldview, where we can be the cause or the reason why all other creation can fulfill the potentiality of what they have been created for. Because of the press leadership is because of the presence of him, because of the presence of that person, all other creation can reach its purpose of creation. So in that way, all right, that creation of God all right, is carrying out the purpose of his creation and he is going to be rewarded for that be uh, rewarded for what he is being created for. So that is one, one perspective. I think it's something that uh, really makes sense to me. Um, we, we also will discuss afterlife in the next few episodes, but a point to learn here is also that when we bring others to goodness, we also get the rewards of goodness in, in the Islamic worldview. So it's, it's truly, if you're talking about equality here, uh, we have to also take into account equality doesn't only just mean this life that we have, 
when we establish that there's an afterlife, then we have also to consider equality in that life as well. Uh, the, the suffering, the perceived suffering that we have in this life would actually give us goodness in the, in, in, in the afterlife. Uh, and, and we have to take into account of that. But another point I also wanted to bring is that this framework that we are sharing doesn't just only apply to the uh, questions that we are discussing on the podcast. In fact, we are sharing this framework. We are spending a lot of time trying to explain these frameworks just so that we can all use this framework to apply into every single aspect of our lives. And the, 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 the fact that we have discussed framework at the start of our series is because we want to share something that applies to everything. A framework, uh, an ideal framework, in fact, should apply to everything in, in our lives to be able to explain why something happens or why something doesn't happen, why something should be or shouldn't be. So if, if you guys have any more questions, then perhaps understand where the Islamic uh, worldview comes from and the framework of Islamic worldview itself, then perhaps that might be the answer to almost all of the questions that you might have. So I, th- I thank Gustas for giving us this uh, blessing to be able to bring on this point onto the podcast. And uh, before we wrap up, I'd like to ask one last question to Ustaz. Um, given you know, uh, Usa shared the fact that we, we actualize the uh, certain actions that Allah has, has created the potential for. We also have a dual function to serve as human beings. We also manifest certain attributes of God. So a question may be asked here, you know, um, how do we balance between uh, our roles of servanthood and vicegerency? How do we balance between uh, having a, an appropriate way to act, uh, manifest certain attributes in order to live a balanced life in accordance to the Islamic worldview? All right. Now, to know how to strike the balance is to submit to the divine will, which he has willed that we human being requires guidance in learning and understanding how to act appropriately in all situations and circumstances. Now, in acting appropriately in all circumstances and situations requires us to exercise our freedom of choice. That has been given to us. Therefore, here we need a law to guide us. Because the implementation of the law requires freedom of choice from us, requires our intellect for it to be able to be applied at different, different situations. As human beings, we do not know exactly how the divine names relate to God and to ourselves and to the whole of creation. Now, more of this will be dealt with in other episodes of the podcast where we describe the universal phenomenon of revelation and prophethood. However, let me end and link the above together. Looking back to the questions of will and power, the primary attributes that display their traces in the human form, now they are not just these two. The other primary attributes also includes life, knowledge, speech, seeing, and hearing. Guidance is addressed to living beings who possesses knowledge. Choose from the objects of knowledge through their freedom of choice, their will. Put their will into effect through power and understand the divine word while articulating their own situations through speech. Seeing and hearing the effects of the power makes the human being return to his knowledge and look for guidance. Now, each of these attributes supports the other. An imbalance that sets up an improper relation among them will vitiate the usefulness of all. Even in contemporary contexts, knowledge without power or power without knowledge are conditions very well known to everybody. 
if the worth of increasing one's knowledge and power is universally acknowledged, what Islamic worldview adds here is that human potential for growth and development is not limited by any conceivable bonds. Given that each divine names and attributes can be actualized to an unlimited degree. For the manifestations to be correct, the actualization requires appropriateness guided by revelation. Both the names of beauty and majesty play a necessary role in the total cosmic harmony. But God has willed, and this is very important, God has willed that the names of majesty remain subordinate to the names of mercy. I repeat, God has willed that the names of majesty remain subordinate to the names of mercy. What does it mean? It means that love has to be above wrath. Mercy has to be all right, given in its proportion with justice. Forgiveness has to be above seeking justice. All the names that have been described within all right, mercy will always be higher in terms of its applicable, in terms of its application, in terms of its relevance, in the way on how we carry out our things here. Because God himself has said that my mercy is above my wrath. So if we are in his form, the universe is his reflection. It also follows through that the names of mercy will always remain higher than the names of majesty in the nature of the human being and the nature of the universe. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ustas, for the summary and for really giving us guidance throughout this episode. I think I, I myself really start to understand myself much better. Uh, I will give a short uh, introduction to episode 4 before handing it to Ustas to end off the episode. Um, in episode 4, which is the next episode, uh, we'll actually be discussing the topic of universe and, and how we relate the universe to ourselves and to God. And we'll be answering questions like, why does God not make me die early if I'm going to be a sinner? And uh, why, are, why is there suffering in this world? Uh, questions like that. So, um, at this point of time, I would also like to add on once again that if there's any uh, misconceptions onto um, certain questions, we first encourage you to re-listen to some of the podcasts that we have already posted about this series, especially the one that we posted on our Instagram page. And secondly, do feel free to post a question to our Instagram page to clarify any of the pointers that we have shared. So, once again, uh, this Islamic worldview that we are trying to share builds on from previous episodes. And uh, of course, when we were discussing theology, we have to first build a foundation that God actually exists. And after that, we work from there. So we, to find out more, just uh, head on to Instagram page and then come all the way to episode four in, in that sequence itself. So I'll, I'll get Ustaz to end off the episode for us uh, by reciting Tasbir Kafara and Surah to Asim. Uh, Bismillah Ustaz. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa al-asri inna al-insana lafi khusrin illa al-ladhina amin wa aim bas-salihati wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Thank you Ustaz. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.